0: we am going to continue in our study of people in the Bible, particularly the New Testament, that have had some serious problem, and we've looked at several in the Scripture. We, ha- we saw a man that had leprosy. We saw a woman that had an issue of blood. We saw a woman that, or a man that was deaf and blind, and many things, afflictions that people have. And we have one that came by appointment, on appointment, to meet these people and there to do his great power and to perform his great deed, and that was to heal them. Now, the Lord Jesus did not come down here to this earth just to heal people, but he uses those different activities to demonstrate unto us what he does for us spiritually. A man born blind... And we are, by nature, blind to the blessings of God. We're blind to spiritual things. And a man had leprosy, and we find out that leprosy is such a picture of our state by nature. We're born sinners into this world. And on and on it goes. Well, today we want to talk about one of those places in Scripture where only God could take care of it. Now, some people may say, well... The doctors could have helped the man with the blindness and the doctors could have helped the man with the bad hearing and the doctors could help the man with the leprosy and the doctors could help the lady with the issue of blood. Well, we find out doctors in that day and time couldn't do that. But let's just say they could. Well, we're going to deal with something today that no doctor can deal with. There was a man by the name of Lazarus and Lazarus was a good friend. Of the Lord Jesus Christ. It, in fact, he said, He's your friend. And what a blessing. And it's found in the 11th chapter of the book of John, John chapter 11. And we're going to read a few verses here in John and make some comments about this great event that the Lord performed when he was called on to deal with his friend Lazarus. Now, There are three wonderful statements that are made about God. And number one, we find that he is omnipotent. And that means he has all power. He's omnipotent. Now, some days I wish I had a little power. But we talk about God, we find he has all power. And we also find out that he's omnipresent. He can be in all places at the same time. Now, that's different. That's more than I can comprehend but the Bible tells me about this God, so I've been given grace to believe it. And we also find out that this God is omniscient. He knows every thought and intent of the heart. He is able to know all things going on in all places of the world at the same time. We're talking about a great God. He's not the God that we can put in our pocket. He's not the God of human imagination but he's the God of the Bible, and he is great and marvelous. He is omnipotent, all-powerful. In fact, one place in the book of Revelation, he said, we, we hear his name, Lord God Omnipotent reigneth. Now, if we hear the word Lord, we should automatically think that he's omnipotent, but the Lord was favored us and said, he's the Lord God Omnipotent. All of those mean the same thing but he emphasized it by saying it those many times. Well, there was a certain man who was sick, and his name was Lazarus, and he lived in a town called Bethany, and in that town he had two sisters. One was Mary, and one was Martha. So we have Lazarus, Mary, and Martha, two sisters, a brother, and it tells us that Lazarus was sick. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So, if we go to another place in Scripture, we already find that we have some knowledge about this sister, this sister Mary. Now, it tells us in verse 3: Therefore, his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. Now, that's such an interesting statement that was made. How they delivered that message, maybe by a servant, maybe by a note. But anyway, it brought to his attention. The sisters said, and said, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. Now, it wasn't until I was studying at this time that I realized that these ladies, these sisters, with regard to their brother who is sick and no doubt seriously sick, these sisters did not write a letter of demand to the Lord. It was not an announcement of demand. You have to come here quick. We need you now. But it was, Lord, that your friend, whom you love us, is sick. It's an informative statement with no demands. And yet they mentioned in that the word L-O-R-D. They understood that he could, if he would, heal their brother. Now it's up to God. It's not up to them. They were not making the demand. They were only saying an announcement. The one, now, we already know because he's omniscient. He already knows. He already knows that Lazarus is sick. He already knows that his sisters are writing the note. But they follow through and they make this announcement. They bring this information and the Lord already knows about it. You know, the Bible tells us that he has need, he has knowledge of what we have need of before we ask. That's how great he is. He's no small God that we're dealing with. He's God Almighty, Lord God Almighty. Now, when Jesus heard this, the sickness was not, he said, the sickness is not unto death. Well, we're going to find out in two days that Lazarus does die physically. And yet the Lord says that this is not a sickness that is unto death. He's already pronounced the fact that he's going to deal with this subject. He's going to deal with this sickness. In fact, he's going to deal with this death. It is not unto death. It's not going to be that this is the final for Lazarus. And uh, it is for the glory of God that the son of God might be glorified. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. The Lord was very careful to point out those in that family that he loved. I love Lazarus. I love Mary. And I love Martha. Now, there might have been other people in there, but he had a special love. That's the thing about God. He has special love for his people. And then it tells us here, when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Now, because he was God, he could have healed Lazarus from a distance. He did that at times. He could have left immediately. He had done that before. But we find this time that he waits two days. Now, the two days are going to be that Lazarus gets so sick that he passes away. In fact, Jesus tells his disciples that he's sick, and they said, well, he's sleeping. Well, that would be good. Then he can maybe get over this, and he finally says, Lazarus is dead. So it's interesting that we find out that the God of heaven, the God of earth, the God that's omnipotent, the God that's omnipresent, the God that's omniscient, was not in a hurry to get ahead of in his business. Everything that he does is by plan and by purpose. It tells us in the scripture that he does all things after the counsel of his own will. So it was he that decided, not his disciples and not Mary and Martha, but it was he that decided to stay in Bethany two more days. And then it tells us his disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews. He said, let's go to Judea and the disciples say unto him, Master. The Jews are late sought to stone thee and goest thou thither again. If we back up a little bit, we'd find that his life was threatened. But the scriptures tell us consistently his time was not yet come. So they were not going to take his life. His time has not yet come. The disciples are concerned about going back because they don't know all about the purposes of God. And when the disciples heard the Lord say he's asleep, he'll do well. How be Jesus spake and said, He is dead. All right. Now what's the Lord going to do? We find out, I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there. To the intent ye may believe, nevertheless let us go unto him. So the Lord Jesus, after two days of waiting, purposes to go where Lazarus is. Well, by the time he gets there, Lazarus has been dead four days. Took some time to travel. And Lazarus is in a tomb. Now, you know, to most people, this is an impossibility. We'll never see anything happen here. Well, we're dealing with the Lord God of heaven, the Lord God almighty. And he has a purpose to demonstrate. You know, the scriptures tell us a number of times that we, by nature, are like those who are dead in trespasses and sin. There's a part of us that's alive and animated. And we can use it to have different choices. You know what? I had a choice this morning to have one kind of oatmeal or another kind of oatmeal. And I chose one kind of oatmeal. I have those choices, but by nature, we don't have choices to make towards God. We're dead in trespasses and sin, but we have somebody who is able to do that. So he leaves and he heads for Lazarus's tomb. When Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem about fifteen furlongs, and many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary sat still in the house and said, Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it to thee. Now, if you'd have come along, he would not have died. But I know whatever you do is right. And then she, he said, thy brother shall rise again. And she says, I know he'll rise in the resurrection at that day. And he says, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth on me, though he were dead, shall live, shall he live. Whatsoever liveth and believeth in me, or whosoever liveth and believeth in me, shall never die, believest thou this. Now we get down here to the Lord comes to the town and comes to the tomb. And he said, where have you laid him? Verse 34. Then said unto him, Lord, come and see. Now the shortest verse in the Bible is, Jesus wept. Two words. Verse 35. Jesus wept. And... Some feel that he wept because Lazarus had died. Hmm, I don't know about that. I think he was weeping more over the the, uh, folks that were around there that didn't know anything about what was going on. Jesus wept, then saw the Jews. Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused even this man that should not have died? They understood that there was something about this man he could have, if he came, but they didn't understand that it was him who would raise the dead. He said, take away the stone. What would that mean? Open up the grave. And the mother, Martha, the sister said, oh, please don't do that. In that climate and those days, he's beyond help and beyond hope. By this time, he stinketh. He'd been dead four days. But Jesus is the one who deals with the impossibilities. He's the one that raises his people from the dead. He's the one that has the ability of healing the sick and the blind. And he has the ability of raising the dead physically. And he did that three times during his ministry. He raised someone that was dead. This is one that's been dead the longest. But we don't qualify death or dead. We don't say that one was deader than that one or dead, deader and deadest. We find out death means death. But Jesus Christ said, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Then he took away the stone, they took away the stone from the place where the dead laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I know that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus said, had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice and he said three words in our English language, Lazarus, come forth. He demonstrated all the power that it took to create the heavens and the earth. In those three words, Lazarus, come forth. Nothing is stopped by his words, he was able to create the heavens and the earth in six days. And the seventh day, he said, he rested to demonstrate to us that we're not saved by our works, but we're saved in Christ. He's our Sabbath, and we'll rest from our work. Lazarus come forth, and it doesn't say, well, it took him a week to get this job done, or it took him an hour to get this job done. It says, and he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, And his face was bound about with a napkin, and Jesus said unto him, loose him and let him go. Now, Lazarus could not consent to his resurrection. He's a recipient of his resurrection. The Lord did not take into his consideration at all. Lazarus was called on and came out of the tomb, not on his own power, but by the power of God. He is alive because Jesus Christ said, Lazarus, come forth. Now, he that was dead came forth. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen these things which Jesus did, believed on him. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees. Now, they're the religious people. And they have a report that Jesus had raised somebody from the dead. And instead of saying, would you try to get us an audience with that fellow? We'd like to talk to him. Their only thing that they could consider was how to put him to death. He's got too much power. Well, the Lord demonstrates that he is the one who takes care of all of our spiritual sickness. All of our spiritual death, all of our spiritual... We are healthy spiritually because of Christ. He's the one that gives us ears to hear, eyes to see, a mouth to speak to his glory, gives us hands to serve him, gives us feet to walk with him. He's the one that does that, and he raises us from the spiritual dead. And he doesn't ask us to get involved in that. He raised Lazarus from the... Lazarus, come forth. Well, I'm so thankful... In the spiritual way that one time the Lord came my way and said, Norm, come forth. I give you spiritual life. And that's what he did. And that's what he does. He gives spiritual life to his people and that life cannot be taken away. It is called eternal life that is given to his people. So... Difficult things he's dealt with, but the most difficult was still just mundane to him. Raising the dead was as easy as for Jesus Christ as it was to create the heavens and the earth. This is a declaration that he is omnipotent. He's omnipresent and he's omniscient. And he takes care of his business as he alone can do. He raises the spiritual dead. Well, we'll ask Mike to come again and lead us in.